You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hello and welcome to the Scottish Football Forums podcast. I'm Craig and I'm the owner of Scottish Football Forums. I'm once again joined by Chris and Greg. Hello, guys. Hi, Greg. Hi, Greg. Evening, lads. All right. And we're also joined by Laurie. Over at you, Laurie. Hello, yes. Hello, everyone. As we look back over the weekend, where there was, of course, a huge shock. Yes, Rudy Scatchel played against St Mirren and didn't score. Elsewhere, Kilmarnock showed Barcelona how it's done by making light work of Celtic. The last time Kilimanjaro went against uh, away to Celtic, Kenny Shields hadn't been born yet. The world population was just 3 billion. Cassette tapes had yet to be invented. Vladimir Romanov was just nine years old and the Beatles had yet to be formed. So this week we'll twist and shout our way through the latest SPL action. <laughs> After a hard day's night, Greg will tell us if he thinks Stevie O'Reilly is a day tripper. Craig basks in the glory as the Rangers finally win on the long and winding road. Chris explains why Celtic can win back in the USSR, but back home feel the Kenny pain in their eyes and their ears as Shields gets one over his side in Glasgow. As for me, I feel fine, but I fear my club might need some help. Yep, Hearts need somebody, not just anybody. Okay, somebody with money, or maybe a good lawyer. <laughs> Laurie, I think you enjoy doing your research for that. <laughs> just a wee bit. Alright, so Laurie touched upon uh, Chris doing the SPL review, I'll be doing the SFL. Laurie might get a chance to do his tweety eye, we need to decide if we'll bump that or not. It will get uh, Chris suggested discussing the... The Kelly victory at Parkhead. I think that's worth an extended discussion. 1995, and, incidentally, was the year. Yep, a long time ago when Greg was a lad. <laughs> and we'll discuss <laughs> Wanyama and ask whether he's a £25 million player. We'll cover the charity bet and finish with the SPL predictions. So, Chris, over to you with the SPL review. Right, I'm just recovering from all those Beatles punch. <laughs> I was just glad they were, in the end they were finished <laughs> well you complained that some things I was using weren't really puns so I just wanted to make sure this week <laughs> <laughs> anyway let's get to the football Friday night football uh, at Fur Park where uh, it was a bit of a horror show for both Motherwell and the officials. It was a cracking open goal for David Wallace in the first half. Motherwell thought they'd equalise when Stevie Hamill's header crossed the line but it was completely missed by the linesman so it wasn't given. Uh, Darren Randolph was then judged to have pushed Wade Griffiths and uh, the Hibsman made it 2-0 from the spot. It seemed a bit harsh in the replay but nevertheless it was a, a penalty and a booking. Michael Higdon then had his own chance after uh, James McBate was penalised for exactly the same foul Andy Webster got away with last week. Michael Higdon plays it over a bar, unfortunately. Griffiths then had the third penalty of the game after Hamill had fouled Willerspoon outside of the box. And again, he buried it to make it 3-0. And just before the end of the game, Danny Hanlon completed a completely miserable night and sent Hibs into second spot with a 4-0 victory. Moving on to Saturday's games, it was a pretty routine 2-0 win for Aberdeen at home. Niall McGinn made it five goals in his last five games after he opened the scoring after a quarter of an hour. He's the first Don's player to do such a thing since Duncan Shearer. Uh, Johnny Hayes doubled Aberdeen's lead with a quarter of an hour left, albeit thanks to an awful bad luck from Jim McAllister. <laughs> it, was a, it was a good nutmeg. It was, it was a cracking nutmeg. He <laughs> uh, was a, perhaps a wee bit unlucky at the other end as well for McAllister when he was flagged for a very tight offside when he put the ball in net. Uh, the replays didn't really show whether he was offside or not, unfortunately. But however, that win does see the Dons go 10 games unbeaten for the first time in 18 years. and pulls in level with Hibs, two points behind Leather Celtic. And the win is also bizarrely Aberdeen's first at home at Dundee since October 1993. But then that's only 19 years, it's not exactly 57 years, which is of course uh, the December 1955 was Kilmarnock's last win at Celtic Park. Well, they've corrected that now, a 2-0 victory. Celtic coming off the back of the heroics, thanks to a, a entertaining, really good backs to the wall display that was ultimately disappointing in Barcelona. But they were a shadow themselves against Kilmarnock. Defensive mistakes like Kelly and Sheridan didn't open the scoring, 
Liam Kelly secured the points in the penalty spot after Rory McKenzie was awarded what I thought was a pretty soft penalty, but nevertheless, it was given. Emilio Ezeguiri had conceded that penalty, had the ball in the net at the other end, but another tight offside decision went against him. It just wasn't Celtic's day. At Tyne Castle, uh, Arvidas Novakovic gave Hearts the lead five minutes before half time. Uh, but uh, when Andy Webster was judged to have pushed Stuart Kettlewell, Richie Britton level to the spot. And then Kettlewell gave the visitors the lead. And just as it looked like I was going to get three points to the predictor, John Sutton popped up at the other end with a last kick of the ball. There may have been a bit of a question, but it was still nothing each as to whether Hearts would have done a penalty for uh, the goalkeeper, apparently bringing down Patterson. Although Streetway suggested he may have got the ball first. If I... I'm sure, uh, <laughs> as you can hear, Warrior has his own thoughts on that one. <laughs> Uh, up in Inverness, it was another late equaliser. Andrew Shinney had missed a penalty after his brother Graham had gone down in the area, but with just over a quarter of an hour left, Billy McKay gave a home side the lead. But David Robertson levelled the game in the final minute to ensure that the winning run stopped at five, but the unbeaten run continued at seven. Uh, Inverness are also in an undefeated run, having uh, at least drawn the last six games and won a few of them in there. And that's some good form for both teams ahead of their uh, respective visits to Glasgow for League Cup duty. Uh, and at Love Street, not Love Street, no, it's not Love Street anymore. St Mirren Park. One day, St Mirren Park. One day I'm going to remember that. It's no hard. In Paisley. <laughs> no. In Paisley, St Mirren's third straight last season. Slumped to second bottom was Johnny Russell's penalty after a Stephen Thompson crazy handball. Was enough to give Dundee United their first league win since August, lifting them above their opponents and further away from their city rivals. But of course, the news boys Rudy Scatch will make his debut wearing the number 51. So, Laurie, is he going to haunt you on Wednesday? Probably. <laughs> uh, did you hear uh, Houston was apologising for that? Oh, I can't believe he's, he said, oh, I didn't realise when he when he asked for... When you, he asked for 51. I mean, he must have known. He must have, he must have, yeah. A former... Look at the day Scott won you. He, he'd said before, he'd publicly yep. said before... Wherever he goes, if it's not even if it's not Hearts, he'll wear that. He'll wear fifty-one, and he said he wouldn't have given it. Why not? Oh, God, apologising to Hibs fan. I don't think they need apologising to, do they? <sighs> uh, yeah, I he, think he was getting it tight. So he was getting I booed. Scratch. He was getting booed by St. Mirren because he scored about what ten and six against them. The sketch will not say that he was going to start uh, with a goal against Dundee United, uh, against Hearts. Sorry, uh, in the cup. I'm sure. I'm sure he did. I'll need to find it, but I can't think right now exactly what he said. But he mentioned scoring against them. He says he wants to start beating Hearts. I mean, obviously he's going to... Obviously, I mean, he plays for Dundee United now. He's not going to say, oh, I hope I don't score or win against Hearts. You know, Are you going to cry if he scores against you? I'm not going to watch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's the live game. It's the live game in midweek. You've got to watch it's it. Happened, you know, I was gonna, we were going to... Me and we were going to go to the cinema and watch a couple of uh, horror films, and I was thinking that it might be better because I don't know if... I, know, I don't know if I can watch him play well, against us. <laughs> going to Tannadice and watching Rudy Scatch what's going against he's got to be a good horror show that, I'm just I'll, I'll be intrigued to see if, if he gets a good reception from the as good a reception from the United fans as he will from the Hearts fans because I guarantee that will still be the Rudy uh, we are not worthy um, chance going basically uh, yeah I mean that transfer I suppose we never discussed it because it happened after the podcast last week and it's yeah but we know you were distraught I'm not distraught I mean he had to go somewhere I mean but can't wait, can't wait around forever. And you know there was no chance of going to Hearts after the embargo, so we had to go somewhere. Could have been worse, you know. Could have been Hibs, could have been Aberdeen, could have been Celtic. Yeah, that's what I don't get though, because the fact that he moved a day or so after the embargo, he's been farting about in Edinburgh for about three weeks now. So come, if he was going to Hearts, he wasn't tied up before then. I thought the embargo has been in place for a while, but it's been on the quiet. No, he's has it. No, no, no. Is that that was the, that was the day after the embargo that was imposed by the SPL board, which included uh, a certain Stephen Thompson of Dundee United. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean, see, I, I, I said this on the forum. I think it's it is it is dangerous to have these like these kind of certain club directors involved, especially when not everyone gets to be involved, and. F- I think the, the thing is, I don't think I don't think the punishment was harsh. I don't think it was unfair, and I don't think we were going to offer Scatchell a deal just now anyway. So I don't really think it did have any impact, to be honest. But just by having him there does kind of open up, you know, questions that you don't really need. It should, surely it's got to be. I mean, if it was for, say it was, it was for instance, it was a title race, and say it was done United Celtic. I know I'm just saying here, say here, and it was a decision had to be made which would really hamper 
Celtic for whatever reason, then you can't say it's going to be very hard to be impartial, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I, I'm not for a minute saying that he had he, anything. This decision, you know, was made for that reason. I don't think Scatcho was going to come back to us just now anyway, simply because we couldn't make an offer. From what I understand, he has been in, he moved back to Edinburgh because he was hoping to win a deal with Hearts. He's been waiting for a, a contract from Hearts, but we have never offered him. You know, we have never offered him a deal in the summer. Later on, the end of the season, since he's been back, he's never once been made a single offer by Hearts. So, what happens when an embargo gets placed? Does he keep waiting around? United were interested a month ago, mm-hmm. so he had to go somewhere. So, well, I, th- I think it's a good move for him. I think Dun United kind of needed something that's going to get him through this uh, sort of bad period they're having. So, if it gets Rudy Scatchel three months of football, then you can hardly complain. It's a good. It, I, I like Rudy Scatchel. He's, Decent players for Scottish football, so it's good to see him back. Here. I like the banter as well with the, the 51 squad number because I just like that. That's what we're needing in football. A wee bit of, I suppose you could say it's a bit of get it up you to the Hibs fans, but it's it's done in good banter. As far as I could see, anyway. I think it's a bit disrespectful to Dundee United, though. I thought right. that might be because eh? he, he's, he's shown his love for Hearts, but exactly. he's for Dundee United. See if he came in Motherwell and he's fifty-one, the back of his shirt, he'd be getting tilted to get it changed because he's not playing for Hearts anymore. He used to play for Hearts. Nothing to do with Hearts, nothing to do with Hibs. Somebody else is somebody else is paying his wages now, so he should have the class and the manners to drop all that nonsense. Oh, you're just a grump, Greg. A grump, nothing. Yes, he's just he's shown himself up to be a classless fool. Come on! <laughs> and I tell you what. I tell you what. I hope we did play Hibs. I hope Hibs absolutely roger them in the middle of next week, right off the back of having his daft shirt. You're just you're just sore because in two weeks you've got beaten by both Edinburgh clubs. You even registered a goal. Hi, hi. I tell you what. Forget last week's. We're beaten by the officials on Friday night. Nothing to do with Edinburgh's other club. Conspiracy. I, 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 I thought Stuart McCall, his interview after that game was absolutely brilliant. Because he was, he was quite clear that Motherwell themselves were rotten, but he also wanted to make sure that he pointed out how bad the officials were that night. And just everything that was gone wrong for the officials went in Hibs' favour. It's, it's weird because I've, I've spoke to I wasn't at the game, but I spoke to a couple of people who were there. And it's kind of it's a fifty-fifty opinion. Somebody I spoke to said we were rotten. Other person I spoke to said we played all right in spells. But like the big problem for us just now is as soon as we go a goal or two down, the heads go down, and we lick as we flung it, and that was. That certainly seemed to be apparent on, uh, on uh, Friday night. And you can't miss penalties. As much as Higdon gets a bit of stick here and there. And for me, the jury's still out on him. I bet he's a decent player, but he's no better than that. Did he hit I mean, the bar when it went over? I scuffed it over. Up, yeah. I didn't even know what he was doing. If you look at him shaping up to hit it, I thought he's it's weird. He's not put his foot through it. He's no side-footed it. He's sort of stabbed it right off the top of the crossbar. So, do you know what? See, if you're a striker, you're struggling to win the fans over. You don't do that with a penalty kick. You fire up. You look at Griffiths' two penalty kicks, and even if Randall Randall had stood a yard to the left, he wasn't getting either of them. That's how you hit a penalty. So yeah. it was two good penalties, exactly the same place for both of them. So he just doesn't stand a chance. Takes a good penalty, Griffiths. He's kind of right in the side net, and usually when he hits him, but... he's a good player this season. I was... He's always been a good player, but he's been very inconsistent, and he's been a bit silly as well. But this season, he's he's really started to shine. I said that on the forum. I'd uh, kind of put out there as a potential. Is he worth a Scotland call up sometime soon? Because he's, he is, he's a a great striker in terms of you know finishing. You know he's a great finisher. Yes. And I think, he, I, you know, I, I can't stand him. <laughs> he's just one of these. He, he, he and he brings it upon himself. I suppose. I think. I think a lot of Hibs fans I knew didn't really like him and his attitude. I mean, he, he gave it back to them a couple of times, like Higgins did last season, which I don't think he kept. I don't think he was. I think his attitude when things were down. Is he's a he's a type of player who will maybe the flack will kind of go with him a bit because he gets frustrated and he gives things back. I don't think he likes his own, you know, because when things aren't going well, your own fans will give you stick. And I think he's a type of player who will react to it, whether it's his own fans or the away fans or whatever. But I think, as I said in the forum, he's kind of got, he could be at a crossroads where you know you look at Derek Reardon, who was another fantastic talent who just went down the wrong path, you know, and his yeah. if it wasn't for his attitude and his basically. His, his personality almost he could have went far and you know Griffiths if he can keep his head on the park you know I mean he's he's always going to have a bit of that I don't think that'll ever go away he's just you can tell he's that I could use some choice words but he's always going to be like that <laughs> but if he can at least channel it in the right way on the park then I think he could be a good player and I just hope that he's um, 
back at Wolves in January because I because <laughs> 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 I, I could see him banging one against us. And if there's anyone I don't want to score against us in the derby, it's him again. Oh, he's, he, he is SPL top scorer at the moment with nine. I had a Higdon fun enough for a guy that's off one. He's in seven. I, I was just I was just looking at the top scorers there now, and it's just it's like. Uh, Griffiths, Higdon, Richie Fora, and Van Ness, Niall McGinn's on five. <laughs> five in a row for him, of course. Kelly yep. Sheridan's on five, Andrew Shinney's on five, and you look down, you're going, where's all the Celtic players? They're top of the league, surely they must have some scorers. It's John Sutton. The, f- the first Celtic player you find on the list is Victor Wanyama on four. Is who oh, that £25 million pound player. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. I'm not finished <laughs> talking about all the games yet, Craig. Get ahead of you. No, I, I wasn't jumping ahead. That's Why, not you were trying to. No... <laughs> Because we need to talk about the, the Kelly victory. We do need we, to. We can we, brush we, over that because, well... What happened with that? I don't, like to, I don't like to boast, but I was rich on Saturday because I managed to win a bet because I laid Celtic. So my 40 pence turned into £2. Ka-ching! <laughs> 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 I spent that. I squandered it on drink. <laughs> Celtic at the new camp. Celtic at the new I was... I was getting so annoyed at people who are, there was so much thing online, it's going to be, you know, minus three handicaps Barca and stuff. So I, I had Celtic, just I had laid Barca and, you know, for the two quid, it was getting like 35 back just on Celtic to get something. I backed Celtic at 41 to 1. I had Celtic 2-1 at 300 to 1. Celtic 3-1 at 500 to 1. I had Celtic plus three, which I did get back, which actually covered the other bets anyway, because I was very confident they weren't going to lose by more than two anyway. And um, so just all I had to do was not would have been forty quid up if they just ended the game. for that thirty more seconds. Aye, oh, well they did well. Aye, we don't want to brush over that because they, they no, did I mean, really well. I think that a lot of people are talk about uh, the backs to the wall approach, especially in the second half. But that's what you need to do sometimes when a when a team's as good as Barcelona. And Celtic definitely didn't do that for the 90 minutes no. in the first I, half. I think it should be noted that Barcelona do that to every single team they play. It doesn't matter who they play. At some point, the team they're playing have got their backs to the wall and they've got like nine and ten men behind the ball. They can't help it. They just Barcelona keep possession so well, you cannot do anything other than sit behind the ball against them. Well, Chris, and sometimes you want that as well. I'd be ashamed if my team played like that against Barca, <laughs> said the Rio manager before his team played them at home and got pumped 5-0. Exactly. <laughs> I'm sure the, was... the one that really annoyed me was Bernd Schuster, though. This is a guy who gets sacked by Real Madrid for saying you can't win it in New Camp. <laughs> and then he comes that? out with, oh, I I Celtic should, shouldn't even the Champions League playing like that. One thing this is, it's actually reminded me of when Rangers played Barcelona and they, they sat in deep. There's a lot of Celtic fans says, oh, Celtic wouldn't do that. But, you just sometimes you have to do that. What You're saying, oh, it's not the Celtic way. It's not even you have to do it. It's you get forced into doing it. What do you expect? You're going to go to the new camp and you're going to be competing with them for the ball. They play, everyone they play, they have like at least 60, 70% possession. Oh, yeah. And sometimes you want that. Sometimes you, you want them to have the ball well, there's no point. and for you to be prepared and have your, your two banks say, well, when, when it was Rangers, two banks say five, but... Well, Celtic, at least they, they kept Hooper up front and they, they managed to congest the, the centre of the, the D, if you like. Well, the alternative the alternative is you try and get the ball back and you'll just completely exhaust yourselves. And then the last you know third of the game, you're going to get ripped apart, as a certain Rio team did when I was watching the weekend. <laughs> because they didn't do too badly for a while, but you know trying to compete with Barca, the second half, it was just like, you know the last half an hour, Messi just started having fun. And I was pleased because I had Messi. <laughs> more. But I tell you, right. when have you not got a bet on, Larry? That is a surprise. There's three one, ways to play Barcelona, as far as I can see. When he scored one, it was evens for him to score two or more. How, how can you not take that? Ridiculous. The, the bets of Messi are just ridiculous. It's like still money off the bookies at times. And the fact that Celtic made sure he didn't he didn't score or assist for the first time in 2012 is phenomenal. I'm, that was seven to one at the bookies. It wasn't even like um, it wasn't even like it was save after save. Forza made a couple of good saves, no. but it wasn't like it was constant clear cut chances. I mean, when it got to the last sort of quarter, there were a couple right. of good chances, but it wasn't like constant. I mean, for most of it, Celtic were keeping them away from you know the sort of last 10, 15 yards. I thought pretty well. Um, but yeah, I was impressed with Ambrose. Uh, I really impressed with him actually. 
I was impressed with Ambrose until Saturday. Until the weekend, you're right. <laughs> I, I, I think Barca have stole the real one and give us the duffer. Do you well, what was he doing for the first as well? Because he was almost as to if he was trying to be too clever by Terrible putting it through his legs. To be fair, it's a terrible ball for Adam Matthews. Oh, I agree, ball. yes. Yeah. But then he tries to play the ball the wrong way. If, yeah, but, given that terrible ball, and the ball should be back at Fraser Forster very yeah, quickly. Or just hoof it anywhere. Exactly. Anywhere. Anything except what he tried to do. He tried to put I'm it through his legs. I was almost going to say, Chris explains uh, what the F.A. Ambrose was doing in defence on Saturday. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> but then I looked at it again and I kind of thought it was maybe more Matthew's fault than him. But yeah. Aye, it's, it's a terrible ball, but if Ambrose does anything other than what he does, it's probably okay and he gets away with it. It was the second goal as well, was was partially his fault, was it not? Did he not uh, do a straight pass that led to it? I think so. I can't in the early but I just, I just remember Mackenzie having this run where nobody challenged him until he got into the box. And even then, I don't think it was exactly too great a challenge. I don't think anybody actually touched him. It was hard to, it was hard to see for the TV it angle, was. and I couldn't see for that goal either. So I can hardly criticise the referee for giving it, because there's enough, there's enough bodies around him that it's hard to see. Tony Watt, miss of the season? It was no. good. It was. Good. It was a good miss, but uh, it's a good miss. I wouldn't say. Good. I wouldn't say uh, miss of the season. I think Hasselbank's last week was worth. No, I don't know. I don't know. No, I think Watts was easier, but I think Hasselbank's was funnier because it's just <laughs> the way he did it. He wasn't sure what foot to use, and then he just he just got confused. Watt just ended up getting too excited. Just had it too early. So that's it's the first time. It was disappointing. That, I mean, that's the first time of Washington to. Since Johnson last year at home, and it was in such a meek manner, it's just rubbish. I should say that's Kilmarnock won four times out of four. They've been in Glasgow in 2012 because they beat us at Hamden, uh, they beat us at Celtic Park, beat obviously. Rangers, beat Rangers, and beat Rangers, well, and they beat uh, Air United in the, the semi final as well. That's a good start, Chris. Well done. That's it. SPL stats, I read that one, and then I put I then pointed out to SPL stats that I was at three of those four games. <laughs> Like I, I the weekend, every single time. Why were you at three? I was at a United game. I went to both semi-finals. I was at a United end. I thought the, the Ayrshire Derby would be a good game to go to. It was crap, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it was built up. Prior. It was terrible. These, extra time. these part-timers. Aye. Right, Chris, so you, you mentioned doing a, a wee topic on the, that re- result and the fact that the Kelly hadn't won since 1955. Did we not talk yep. about other SPL games? And, no... What other games have we got to talk about? We talk about my team. Oh, we can, we can. Oh, come Heard enough of this SPL rubbish. <laughs> <squad, laughs> Move on, man. Like, I want to talk about what's Warren. happened since 1955. <laughs> I don't want to talk about the Hearts game. No, we're no not going to. Last week, no Hearts game you, this uh, week. Be quiet, be quiet, or the tweet eye will be getting cut again. Ah, uh, you can <laughs> get the tweet eye after this, but. Right. I went and done some research, right? And mm-hmm. In 1967, BBC broadcast their first colour pictures. And it was a whopping four hours a week of colour programming. And then I I took that theme and I went a wee bit further with it. And the first TV remote, it was developed in 1950. And I know this was before that last Kelly victory. But I noted it down because it was called Lazy Bones. I like the name. (laughs) The first true remote control, as in wireless, came out in 1956. But the thing that stood out for me was that a patent for a remote control was made in 1893. What kind of foresight's that guy got? That's before a telly was invented. <laughs> this, guy's, this guy's imagined a TV. What's he he's doing? Changing his fish tank. He's imagined a, a skybox with hundreds of channels and people too lazy to get up to change it. That's that's brilliant. That guy deserves a medal. Maybe <laughs> a, a Blue Peter badge. Right, so that that's my that's my stats. I take it all back. Let's talk about a heart skin. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no, I've got plenty. I've got plenty more of these to come. Oh, right. See, you Laurie's already done his cassette. What, what, I like the cassette one. That was good. But, um, right. Since December 1955, which I should point out is also the year in Back to the Future, that uh, Marty McFly was getting after his mum. Never nothing wrong with a wee bit of incest. Huh? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> right. Since December 1955, the United States has gained two more states when Alaska and Hawaii joined in 1959. Good. The Berlin Wall was built in 61 and came back down again in 89. Thanks to Hasselhoff, yep. Yep, all done to Hasselhoff. In fact, most of the Cold War incidents all happened between uh, Kamarnock's wins at Celtic Park, where they got things like the Cuban Missile Crisis in 61, all the way to the fall of the Soviet Union in 1991. Uh, 
the breakup of the Soviet Union was just one of many times that there's been new sovereign states created. In fact, there's been 89 new countries <laughs> on the planet. And since, they've all beaten uh, Scotland. Last one. Probably. <laughs> it just makes it harder to qualify for World Cups these days. <laughs> Every single thing that the human race has put in space has been put up since the Kamala one, from Sputnik in 1957 all the way through the moon missions. The shuttle missions and the building of the International Every Space Station. Thing. You're making things look like throwing things there. That's all It's just really clever throwing. That's all it is. Rocket science. Simple. The Earth has travelled over 33 billion miles in its time around the sun. I thought that. Every single episode of The Sky at Night with Patrick Moore has been shown. <laughs> Everyone on this podcast has been born. Aye, even Greg. You should. <laughs> you need to double We've check changed, that one. <laughs> We've changed Pope a number of, uh, five times. 1958, 63, twice in 78 and 2005. Every episode Pope of Blue Peter from Pope. 1958 to present day and Doctor Who from 1963 to present day has been shown. Every single motorway in Britain has been built. The first one opened in 1958 and it was Preston Bypass. Every single Eurovision Song Contest has been held. The first one was in 1956. Good. There's been 15 Olympic Games. Brazil have won all five of the World Cups that they won in 1958, 1962, 1970, 1994, 2002. Every single European Cup slash Champions League final has been played, including all nine that Real Madrid won. The first one was played in 1956. And finally, you'll be glad to know, Third Lanark, Airdrie Onions and Rangers have all won at Celtic Park and gone bust. Hey, hey, Third Lanark, you want some, like, it's, it's more football ones. What about 58? You like this one, Chris? First ever Old Firm League Cup final. Celtic beat Rangers 7-1. That was 1957. It says 58. October 19th, 1957. Oh, what? It says 58 here. No, if we can't agree a date, then we should just edit it's that definitely, out. Edit definitely it out, 1957. No, just... It's, you sure it's not the 50s? Why does it say 58? I'm, I'm not no happy with this. Probably because it's a 57-58 season. Ah, that's why, oh, that's that's why I get it broken in Wikipedia. <laughs> well, we've got uh, what else? Dunfermline under Jock Steen reached the Scottish Cup final for the first time. Won it in 1961. Aye, beat Celtic. Oh, they got that one right. Um, what else have we got? Any positive ones about Rangers? No, because that's yeah. two. Ah, they've only negative. Won it, they won it the Cup Winners' Cup in 1972. Rangers only go Good one. like a year. <laughs> Third line went bust, aye, 67. Rangers yep. lose 1 0 after extra time against Bayern Munich UEFA Cup Winners' Cup final. That was 1967, aye. Well, come on, we're in the semi final in the first cup as well, aren't you? Mm, 60 70, Celtic lose 2 1 to Feyenoord. Mm-hmm. Well, so we've got Rangers one I'm trying to find something interesting, but it's all boring. It's all just for Rangers and Celtic kind of stuff. Aberdeen won a cup winner's cup in 1983. Oh, there you go. Can't hear enough of that. I was born in 82. <laughs> 82. What happened in 82? Uh, nothing. Nothing happened in 82. 86, I was born. Nah, nothing, <coughs> nothing happened then. Um, nope. Hearts nearly won the, won the double. Uh, no, nah, that's was interesting. What did they win that year? Stick that up. <laughs> you can <laughs> FA off. <laughs> right, we'll move on because we need to squeeze in uh, Laurie's Tweety Eye because he went in the huff last week. Uh, right, come on, let, let's hear what you've got to say about Tweety Eye. <sighs> okay, fine. Right. Well, Before he begins, are we skipping the SFL altogether now? Eh? Aye. Nobody wants to talk about that, do we? I've written down loads of notes about the SFL. We're just skipping it then, all right. Right, no, I'll go through the SFL then, but I'll do it quickly. Thanks for pointing that out, Chris. See for anybody right. still listening, really sorry about this. This will not happen next week. We'll have, a, we'll, we'll have a, an agenda and a plan here. This is a shambles. I've got an agenda written down in front of me. You're not sticking to it, son. Right, on, okay. Right, SFL. Go on with the eye. Come on, right. let's go. In Division 1... Uh, Dunfermline were playing Cowdenbeath and the referee collided with Cowdenbeath boss Colin Cameron and he was unable to continue. Apparently a steward working for G4S doing their job this time managed to take over. He said he was qualified. He's, he's used to taking charge of Sunday league games. But I'm sure I read that he was in his 60s. Ah, he filled in his linesman. But I, I, he took over and uh, the tie finished 3-0 to Dunfermline and took them to the top of the league. So they'll be chuffed with that. They're only on top on goal difference, but it still counts as Partick could only draw nil-nil away to Falkirk. I can't believe Partick what? haven't got good enough goal difference to be top after last week. No. Yeah. Another charity bet bust, by the way. I know. Ah, terrible. 
I uh, Laurie mentioned that we should maybe focus on goals over two two point five goals in the SFL oh, because there's goals galore throughout the the three leagues. Uh, Dumbarton versus Airdrie United had seven goals with Airdrie winning four three, and also sticking with Dumbarton. Apparently, 75% of the manager applications were from people whose sole experience was from management games like FIFA <laughs> or Football Manager. I can't believe they'd do it with FIFA. It doesn't count. Football Manager, I, fair enough. But I've, I've seen never, people. I've, I've seen people get the letters back on like they've tweeted the pictures. Yeah. They got the letters back saying, you know, sorry, but <laughs> you're unsuccessful again for the vacant position. I like how 75% of the applications were duds. So in the other ties, Wraith beat Hamilton 1-0 and Livingston drew 0-0 with Morton. In Division 2, Queen of South still lead the table after beating East Fife 1-0 on Sunday. On Saturday, there was more goals to fit in with Laurie's prediction. I... Is it a prediction after you said it after the games? I'm not sure. But... No, I'd, I'll... I'd over 2.5 Dunfermline County Beath. I'd over 2.5 Montrose Elgin as well. You just yeah, If you but... look at the average goals, like... I mean, Montrose and El- Elgin, each their games had averaged about four goals. And if you look oh, at the God. average, only one team, I think, in the second division averaged their games average under two and a half goals. Aye, well, you've got Aloha beating Albion Rovers 5-1, Brecon beating Stennis Muir 7-2, a standout game there. Stranraer beating Forth for 4-1, and Air United and Arbroath kind of let us down a bit with this high scoring Division 2 because Air United only finished 2-0. And Division 3, obviously that's where it's at. And at the top of the table where they belong is Rangers after getting their first away win of the season against Clyde. They won that 2-0 and guess who scored the second? Big Elbows jig. McCulloch. Big jig once again. I think that I think the Scotland call-up's coming. I think it is. He's, he's, he's an up-and-coming. Forget this league. Greg, did, did you just admit that that's exactly where Rangers belong? Top of the third division? Yep. <laughs> top of the table, Chris. Yep, that's what I said. They belong top of the of the table. third division. Scotland's fourth tier. That's where Rangers belong. Okay, yeah. <laughs> it's an exclusive for the Scottish Football Forums podcast. <laughs> You'll just get me in trouble. I won't be welcome back at Ibrox. You don't and... go anyway. <laughs> oh, I've, I've I've got myself a season ticket. Mel, kinda halfers. <laughs> Went half or something. <laughs> so I need to fight it out what games I go to. Right, so, so there's more goals in the third division and an Athletic beat Easterland 5-2. Montrose and Elgin and Peterhead and Stirling all drew 2-2 and Queen's Park drew one apiece with Berwick. And Stirling Albion are stuck at the bottom. They're peaked against Rangers and that's it. They're now two points adrift to the mighty Easterland. They still beat Rangers. They still beat Rangers, so I think that I think it'll be a good season. <laughs> Even if they finish bottom, they'll be chuffed with that. Once in a uh, you know what you, you know what the answer is, don't you? The managers just going to have to get on our wedding organised, or play Rangers every week. <laughs> <laughs> right, so that's us done. The SFL roundup. Greg, are you happy now? Can we move on to Tweety Eye? Let's go, Tweety Eye. <laughs> <laughs> Little tiny bird, my name is Tweety Pie. I live inside my bird page, uh, hanging way up high. I'm on my right, okay. Sorry, I'm just waking up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't prepare very much this week because, you know, Good. can't. Uh, okay, oh, where you go? I kind of hope Mother will start winning soon. <laughs> this rate. Uh, Priest, David Priest, he's changed his name to Vincent Priest at the moment on Twitter. Anyway, he was... Because it's Halloween, you know what? <laughs> that's a good so point. So Vincent Price. Aye, I suppose so. Less funny. Aye. What, what was he talking about the weekend? Um, today I will be mostly calling out people I don't like after fruit. Example, that Piers Morgan is a right plum. There he goes. He was talking a lot about... There's a lot of talk about the English games on Sunday. More exciting than talking about the SFL anyway. Uh, let's see. Priest, Mr. Priest said both Hernandez's and Suarez's debatable offside decisions should have stood impossible decisions to call... Decisions should go in strikers' favour. Even if you're offside. That's a shout. Um, no, I'm not Suarez one was awful. Oh, that it was, was a terrible decision. I don't know about that uh, one. Hernandez, he's offside. Yeah, I, I can't say why the, the linesman didn't spot it, but I can't say that it was the right decision. No, you That's can't say silly. It's, it's, it's so weird. See that, Priest, he's a banana. He does say, he does say, <laughs> he, he says, horrendous call by Battenberg. That, that hair transplant has affected his decision making. <laughs> you know about. Clattenberg and his 
It's here restoring. Uh, anyway, I think I think I think Clattenburg's got a bigger issues at the moment. Aye, yes, aye. aye but it was there was a lot of talk about it. I mean, even um, let's see, Alan Mabry said if John Evans claims he caught Torres but felt he could have stayed on his feet, is that a foul or a dive? Question mark. See. My thought that's on not it, a dive. That's not the rules. My problem is, dive. my issue is, right, I think that's exactly the right call. Torres dived, that's a booking. But so. my issue is, they're never given that way. The argument is always, oh, there was a touch. So nine times out of ten, that won't get given. So you could see why Chelsea and Torres would feel aggrieved, because there has to be consistency. So yep. it's yep. my argument all the time, though. I remember we argued about it with um, Aluko last season, and I remember... Craig said that he'd put it down to super slow-mo and sat and you know, zoomed in for the all evening and he found that there was a slight touch. So that, that granted that he, should, he was able to go down. But to me, a foul, you know, you can... Players, you know, there will be contact. It's a contact sport. Boots will touch. Shoulders will, you know, barge in each other, whatever. It's whether the contact takes someone down or stops them. Or, so... Gee. Well, you say that they've got a right to feel aggrieved. I don't think so. I think Torres is a cheat. Oh, no, no, I'm saying, I'm saying you can see, you can see why they'd be. I just think it's difficult because nine times out of ten that gets given in the favour, and every team I can guarantee, whatever team that was going through afterwards, they'd be claiming that it was the wrong decision. They'd be, they, they'd, they'd highlight the touch, the contact. You know, whoever it was, whether it was Man United, Chelsea. Arsenal, whoever they would, be, they would highlight that as as a reason for him to go down, as reason for it to be. Uh, and I was surprised at the decision, to be honest, but I think it was the right one. So there you go. Um, what else wasn't much happening? Nic- Nicholas Devlin, who's a Motherwell player, I believe, on loan at Dumbarton, says scary. What's happened? New York City completely shut down. So I don't. Is that tonight? Is it? Mm-hmm. Yep. Have you uh, seen the photo? Go. There's a photo doing the rounds. Ah, brilliant. it's sort of. The Statue of Liberty with a massive scary cloud above my head. That's balls. That's no real photo. That's a crank picture. Ah, it's Photoshop though. It's no real. We're still crying. (laughs) My six-year-old son came through earlier and said that there's going to be a flood and we'll have to climb in the shed (laughs) and we can use it as a boat. (laughs) So I'm sorted. I'm safe. You're safe then. I'm a guy. You make sure Wendy goes in too, but too. (laughs) Wendy will be safe. She'll be all right. If you're not, you know. Uh, <laughs> McGowan said a good training session followed by a hard yoga class. Some of the boys. <laughs> That's, oh, huh? That's what they're doing these days. Chris, what are you laughing at? That's the kind of thing you're into. What, yoga? Yoga and spas and nose jobs. Yeah. You know what? See, see all the stuff I do? I'd never tell him it's hard. <laughs> he also said you have to see James Bond. Hopefully, it'll be decent. I don't think I've seen it yet. I've heard it's. I've got booked up for Thursday. I heard it's very good. I want to go and see The Shining on Wednesday, but it won't it won't let me book tickets for it. And I was in the cinema. I went to the cinema, and they're like, "Oh, there's 20 left, but I can't book it from here. You need to do it on the website." So I went on the website, and it says it's unavailable. I think you're barred. You be barred from the cinema. <laughs> you are. But ba- ba- bad for cutting a hole in the bottom of your popcorn. I think the problem here is when it comes to the shining, you don't book, you just bust through the door. Here's Laurie. <laughs> All right, anyway. And then get chucked oh. out. Here's another another debate with the, the goals thing we, we did talk about briefly with the Dundee game. Mark Birchall, typical striker. If I was Suarez, I'd be trying to claim the first. No point in own goals whatsoever. They should be abolished and given to last player who touched it. I've never quite understood the own goal rule. If they'd done away with them, not one person would argue with it. Hashtag bin own goals. Well, Mark, if you've never understood it, basically... Uh, I'm not even going to try and explain it. Uh, I, Greg wouldn't be happy with that. Not at all. That's one of the records that Motherwell players have got. See Craig in's goal tally be cut in half. Yeah. But see... It is a difficult one, but see, with, with the Suarez first one, it's not even going on target, so there's no way you could even argue that's, no. that's his. With the the Hayes one, I think it's I think it's an own goal, but yep. you could see that it looked like it would be curling on target at the back post, but... Well, Samaras got his goal, didn't it? Yep. But it was, I thought it was going to sneak in back post, and I think that's why he got it. I can't believe you got that. The Samaras header's on target, but it's it's quite clear it comes off Vascarano uh, and goes in. Yeah, I was. I wasn't complaining. I won money. So, I <laughs> same here. I, I was surprised. That was that one, but I mean, I don't know. It's it's a difficult one. I think you know you do get big deflections, which you know the ball looks like it's going straight at the keeper and it hits off a defender and it takes it in the corner, and that's always given as a goal. So I suppose it's it's debatable. But 
My, I remember the, my manager when I used to play amateur football was so harsh. He used to give own goals all the time. If you threw yourself in front of a shot and it deflected off you on its way in, that, you would put it down as an own goal. I was, it wasn't a good being a defender. He would blame us all the time. You know, last ditch try to stop it. And you get a little touch on it and it still counts as an own goal for you. So it's a bit harsh. Best own goal I've ever seen was a game of fives you were playing on and a mate of mine lobbed his own keeper. Have you seen that? Oh, was there no guy who was in last season? Was it somebody for Inverness done that at the edge of his box? There's, there's an own goal which uh, there's actually the other team uh, it was on one of the Nick Hancock videos I've got. I think it's in a Scottish game actually a, lo- a lower league game and the team managed to go 1-0 up and they haven't touched the ball. Yeah. One, <laughs> one team kicks off and they a couple of passes and hit it back and the player tries to turn and hit it back to his keeper and he overhits it and lobs his keeper and it goes in. The other team haven't had the ball yet and they're 1-0 up. Brilliant. The very first game I ever went to had their own goal on it. It was one each at Scotland and Poland. Scotland took the lead through Mo Johnson. And uh, in the second half, Gary Gillespie tried to header a ball back to Andy Gorham, but Andy Gorham had come running out to catch it. <laughs> Lobbed him, lined up the net, finished one each. What about players who've done it twice? Because Rooney, sorry, not twice, you've done it at the both, both ends. Because Rooney done it against Stoke the other week. You know, he scored an own goal. And then I remember Gary Mackay did it against Hibbs in the Derby. He won 4 1. He scored an own goal. And then he went and scored the other end. There must be a lot. Can't be that many players who've done that. What we need is an own goal hat trick. That's what we need. The beat, that's all, folks. Hello, I'm Derek Ray, and you're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast. Hey, can we can we move on and discuss the Wanyama comments for Lennon saying that he's a twenty-five million pound player? Undervalued. Without swearing, Greg, do you think he's he's been serious? Is he having a laugh here? Because he's definitely not a twenty-five million pound player. Nobody can be a twenty-five million pound player in Scotland. I think it's a bit. He's obviously done it a wee bit tongue in cheek. He's making the point that, uh, as far as he's concerned, when Yama's not for sale and they're not going to be accepting any derisory offers. But it's all kind of irrelevant because it comes down to it comes down to two things. A, every player's got the price. And yeah. I don't think any team, yeah. I don't think twenty five million is the real price on one. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but I don't think it's twenty five million. And the other key thing for me comes down to the player himself. If he decides that he wants to move somewhere else and there's interest in him, Celtic can stick pretty much any price tag like I'm asking any other club can stick whatever price tag you like in a player. But if he gets unsettled enough then uh, most of the powers within the players when when hand to move on. But no, I don't I don't see anybody offering twenty five million for Manyama, I don't think he's worth it. I think he's worth a few bob. He's definitely got potential, but I think uh, I think it's just been a wee bit tongue in cheek with that. Yeah, it's the market that Scotland. You're just not going to get that kind of no. price, especially for a player like Wanyama. And and I don't mean any disrespect there because he, I do think he's quality, but he's he's not in an attractive position if you like. He's not like a Magidi who is on the wing, who's who's got tricks up his sleeve. He's not like a striker who's traditionally the, the most expensive position on the park, is a, a defensive midfielder. And that's just not the type of position that, that warrants these high figures, especially if he was playing in uh, Scotland. Even if he's playing in England, he's not going to reach £25 million. Right now, anyway. He's 21. I mean, I, I know it's sometimes this idea of paying for paying for the prospect, you know, because they can only get better. And I know some people argue it doesn't matter what league they're playing in, but at the same time, yeah, at the same time, you have to say he's obviously Shouldn't. he's playing. Well, it has to because you you, you don't know how he how is he going to react if he's tested against top class players every week. Oh yeah, but yeah, you look at what how he does in the Champions League. Like, yeah, but that's like, a that's couple of games though. Football. You got if you yeah. you've got to be able to put that on the SBL. We've got to accept is a, he's playing in a team where you're going to have the ball most of the time. A lot of games. He's he'd struggled down at fourth bank. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the the biggest problem here is this. Ju- this is just another symptom of the the big leagues all pass big money between each other, and that's all the money gets kept in their leagues, and then they come up and buy our best players for pennies by comparison. Mm-hmm. So the the money the money they're making out of the TV deals never leaves the league. So what we should be doing to try and split that up is getting some of that money up Aye, here. So bought a, bought a few. But the problem the problem is but yeah the problem is that the teams can't afford to hang back. If somebody comes in That's with nine million yeah. quid, Wanyama's going to go because we're making ten times the money we paid for him anyway. Yeah, one of the reasons that the money is so high in the, the Premier League in England, for example, is because they can afford to keep them. 
You can afford to no. say no, whereas in Scotland you can't because, well, Celtic's a selling club, as as is every club in Scotland, as as is pretty much every club in Europe nowadays, actually. But they're a selling club, so if somebody comes in for a, with a £10 million bid for him, I think Lord's going to say yes, go for it. I, if you go. Ten million would be a good deal. I mean, twenty-five, but you can't read. I don't think you can read too much into it, to be honest, can you? It's... The the one problem with us though is look at Portugal. How many times do you see the Portuguese league selling players to like England and Spain for twenty, twenty-five million quid? I happened in the summer. Benfica lost a couple of players and got about forty million between the two of them. The Portuguese league isn't exactly an attractive one. Yeah, right. Who I think it? I think clubs. I think clubs know that. In Scotland, especially with the situation in Scotland just now, with Celtic really being the only the only team around, uh, they could afford to lose a couple of players and they'll, they'll still win that league. I think clubs are, are wise to that fact and know that teams like Celtic will have a minimum price for these players. And it's probably right or wrong. It's probably less than they would have to pay to go to Portugal or somewhere else to get their man. So um, clubs are going to chance their arm, but I mean, they're not going to they're not going to chance their arm to the tune of twenty five million. And hold I me mean, the thing about you're right. I mean, they come in and make you go and look at the Premiership, and they'll come in and make a what some people would say is maybe a derisory offer of three million pounds, four million pounds to try and tempt that player away, get him unsettled, get him nagging his agent, saying, Look, I want it here, get me a move. But for for, for people like myself who you have know, watched Motherwell for years and other Scottish teams, Rangers and Celtic have been doing that within the Premier League for years. Yeah. Yep. So from that, from my perspective, it's actually quite refreshing to see that happen again. It's right because I mean, Motherwell could go and stick a price tag up whatever on any player they like. But if that player at the end of the day decides they've had enough and they want to go to Rangers and Celtic, as we've seen happen in the past, they'll go. And we just need to accept the rubbish offer that's on the table because it's either that or probably nothing in a couple of years and it's, it's, it doesn't make it fair but it's just the way it is well, remember uh, remember a good how long is that about five years now when transfer fees were actually obviously less than they are now a certain goalkeeper went for almost 10 million pounds from Hearts which everyone thought Vlad was mad when he said he could get almost 10 million pounds from he did so I suppose is he still a free agent Um he, it was the last time I looked. It was the last time I looked. I, I think he's demanding quite a lot of money. So, I mean, he was on... I, I mean, I don't think he needs to go to a club anytime soon, to be honest. Hmm. He was on 40 grand a week for, what, five years at Sunderland? Oh, so. aye. But it's not going to be good for his career to be sitting down his, his TV punditry. Oh, he's a great pundit, though. <laughs> well, he's he's alright, nothing special. Right, I thought we'd move on to the charity bit. And I'm, right, we did really bad last week. I blame Chris. I, I blame Chris as well. Yeah, I did. I did. I, in my defence, I did say last week that the bet I had on at the weekend, I put three on and none of them came through. And sure, true to form, I put three on in the charity bet and none of them came on. Right. So because Chris was rubbish at it, and no offence, but you, Chris, you were pathetic at right. it. I'm going to. I'm going to go simple. Right. I'm going to go simple. And I'm going to avoid the League Cup. Rangers to win to earn about, what, a pound or something at the weekend? <laughs> yeah, against Aloha. I don't know, it's a tough tie at Ibrox. Yep. So I'm going to avoid the League Cup midweek and I'm going to go... Against Aloha, for... did you say? Aloha. Oh, yep. is it Scottish Cup weekend next weekend? That is. Oh, is it? Yeah. I, I always forget. That's what me and Greg said. The Scottish Cup in, October, in November. Look. Didn't they realise it was 2013 already? <laughs> right. I swear my calendar says October. I've said this a couple of times. The fourth round is happening in December, so we can have our two weeks off in January. Right. So, the charity bet. Hearts to beat Dundee. Oh, you just ruined already. Oh. Hey, right, I'm choosing. Any year. Any year. Oh, sir. Right. Well, I agree. Hearts against Dundee. That's four, four to five. Right, that's see. To be honest, that's the big odds. You're, you're picking us to win went... away from home, and it's it's odds on. Right, nay, nay moaning. I, no, I think we could win, but I just I don't know if there's much value in that. Right, well that's it. It's done anyway. Because right, right. Well, it's not really, but I'm not <laughs> listening to you. Right, Queen of the South Worth. to beat Edinburgh City one to five, and Partick <laughs> to beat Hove Rangers one to five. Oh right. man. Who would have thought Hearts was a good bet, Andrew? Aye, right, so the, that £10 returns £25.92. I've kept it simple, kept the odds low. That's it, it's easy. Like, I'm going to email McBookie and say just pay out now. Like Christmas. There's, there's, no, there's no value putting the Scottish Cup ties in there. You're better just sticking to one game. 
and get twenty pound back. I know. I was going to say you're you're risking it. Why take a risk? Because Queen of the South have been doing brilliantly. <laughs> but hey, that's one of these games. The guy who put Rangers in down, what was it about a pound twenty oh, or something? Man. I've left Rangers out because they're one to sixteen. So I've left them out. I'm right. Su- I'm surprised you'd put your ten on just Rangers. <laughs> right. Well, that's it. Anyway, twenty-five pound ninety-two pence. Hearts, Queen of the South, and Partick. Right, easy money. You just can all apologise next week, don't worry. I'm not bad, I think that's fine. But given the record you've got, maybe we'll go for the blatantly obvious wins. Let's, let's get something in the pot for the charity. Yeah, I just wanted to keep it really simple. And also, I didn't want to choose air because I couldn't pronounce uh, the name of the team. That... <laughs> <laughs> or else I would have. Who are they playing? Clark Nuck. Clack and a cuddin. Clack and a cuddin. Clack and a cuddin. Who's that? Clack and a cuddin. What's wrong with that? Clack and a cuddin. Nah. So we won't use them. They're not included. Say the clack. <laughs> 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 right, we'll move on and do our predictions. Right, and I want to mention the Aberdeen Dundee game because it finished 2 0, and well, only one of us predicted 2 0. Easy. Easy three points for myself there. I, didn't get I went for 3-0. That was just silly. I just went for 3-0. I, I did say it would be 2-0 in the Celtic game. Take it we're not predicting the League Cup games, no? Nah. Nah. We'll, we'll skip over them. Aye. Aye. Well, Aye. Are you scared because Inverness are going to win? I think Rangers at home, so I think we've got a chance. We can predict if you want. SPL team you're playing, but it's not the one that lies didn't you all the time. Hey. Hey. Thanks. Hey. <laughs> what was that motherfucker beat by everyone these days man Jesus ah, I suppose uh... <laughs> I've turned into a diddy team right Earning. <laughs> so in the SPL Dundee against Hearts I've mentioned it's in the charity bet so it's going to be a 2-1 oh, that's what I've went for as well after all that scene. aye 2-1 Hearts Sutton back oh. in the big man two goals Chris what are you thinking I'm going 2-0 Hearts on it. one each one each. Oh, that's a bit better than your... It's going to be one each because we've taken hearts in the bet, so there's no way it's a home win. Ah. You went for a, a six each in your last prediction, Greg. <laughs> so I'm glad that we've went back to being sensible. The next one up is Hibs against St Mirren, and I'm going to go for a home win, obviously. Laurie's big team will win this. 3-1. 2-0. Hibs. 2-1 Hibs. 2-1 Hibs. The next game up is Kelly against Inverness. I think Kelly's going to be riding high. I'm going to go for a 1-0 Kelly. I think uh, Inverness, with their nostalgic Carnival de Paris playing the 90s banner. Did you see that? I thought it was France no. 98 all over again. <laughs> when they scored, they were playing Carnival de Paris by Dario G again. No, I didn't hear it, no. It must be behind the times in the highlands, you know. Only, only, <laughs> only get these songs... 15 years after they were getting... Get them 10 years, it'll be 7 you know, Army. See if they're in the Highlands, though, they celebrate 1998. I'm just going to the Highlands, because then at least Scotland were in a World Cup. I suppose, uh, I suppose. Uh, I don't know, Inverness absolutely pumped Killy here last season, I remember. I fancy maybe a few goals, two apiece. I mean, come on, it can only be Celtic. I mean, come on. Even Barcelona beat them. Aye, Kilmarnock will not turn up and play their 10 men behind the ball. Like the... I, that is quite funny that Kilmarnock managed to do it to us, but we tried to do it to Barcelona. Kilmarnock were better at it. <laughs> anyway, no, I don't know. No, they're not against Inverness at home. Or maybe Celtic were just worse at. They probably was. 2 1 Inverness. 2 1 Inverness? 3 1 Inverness. Thanks for that sleep here. <laughs> Ross County, Aberdeen, and away win. 2 1 Aberdeen. One apiece. County have been pretty decent this season. Mm-hmm. Aberdeen. Quite solid at the back. Bit of a a sheep a sheep um, derby. I was going to put another word in between there, but uh, <laughs> one one all and some shearing afterwards to celebrate. A sheep shearing derby. Is that what it was? Aye. Oh, dear. Uh, one each as well. Uh, one nil Ross County. <laughs> St Johnson against Motherwell. That's ah, going to have to be a a stalemate. No, no. I've went nil nil as well. He's, he copied me this week. No, you're copying me. Uh, it's only because you get to say it first. Aye, nil nil. Aye, boring. Mother about rubbish, but St Johnston surely yeah. can be. Aye. In fact, maybe five nil St Johnston. Nah, nah, I'll stick. Nil nil. <laughs> I'm going two one St Johnston. Aye, uh, I can't see any way we'll keep a clean sheet <laughs> against St Johnston. Can't really see much chance of scoring either, so. <laughs> <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> 
<laughs> Greg doesn't want to seem optimistic because I, I, so I, I don't I, take I, a copy of it and play it back. I, I thought I'd predict anything. <laughs> I'll just play my Joker in this one. <laughs> I don't know. Um, no hat tricks, Regden. No three no pump things. So. <laughs> Considering he can't score for twelve yards, unlikely. I'm going. I'm go one each. I'm not particularly confident though. Then on Sunday, we've got Dundee United against Celtic, and it's a 12.45 kickoff on Sky Sports 4. I'm going to go for an away victory. I'm going to go 2-1 to Celtic. I reckon this could be tighter than that. You know, number 51 <laughs> coming out, we're getting a wee goal. Uh, I won a piece. Scatch will score. I'll be... One a piece. Scatch was going to get all his goals out in midweek. <laughs> No, um, it might, might score last one. I'll go two one Celtic. I'll go give me Craig. Uh, I'll go five one Celtic. Five one. Was Danny United's defence has been pretty hideous this season? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Defensive boy. What's he going to get on on it? Another six yard dot. Aye, over the bar. He <laughs> only does that to him. He scores away for him. Right. As I've done the prediction, I wanted to mention the predictor on the forum. Because Kenny07 won the October Predictor Prize and he got £20. Well, he will get £20 when he replies to my PM. <laughs> I, can't, I can't believe Black Dog binned it at the last. I know, he was rubbish. But he still managed to win a tenner because he was the highest place regular poster. And he, well, I don't know if he wanted me to mention this, but he's donated it to charity. Aye, good man. So aye, aye. Good of him to do that. I notice he's, he's deliberately not put it into the pot for the bet. Because he's <laughs> taking it, scrunching it up and chucking it down the nearest drain. You're so right. He's giving it to charity. Aye, he he's knows. a wise man. Straight to charity is the best bet. Yes. Aye, so that's as good to the end of the podcast. I've enjoyed this one with my Jack Daniels and Cola. That explains a lot. <laughs> it's been good. It's been shambolic. <laughs> I blame Laurie. Like, it went downhill as soon as you didn't want to speak about the Hearts game. That's what the problem was. And you, you wanted... It's because you talked too much. Oh, you talked too much in the early bit. It's alright. The, the good news is, uh, if this that still sounds terrible when it gets published, it's Laurie's fault from the wedding in the problem. <laughs> I just put in jingles and try and catch Greg out with things he said the previous week. <laughs> Nothing more. Right. I wish I had enough time in my hands to be spending it putting daft. <laughs> daft editing daft comments in the back. <laughs> I think this is Greg's grumpy podcast. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable, man. Right, but that's us. We'll be back. Oh, listen, 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 never mind that. What are you going to ask for Halloween? Oh, I dressed as a priest. I was out on Saturday there God. as a priest. Just got his Jimmy Savile. Priest no. Jimmy Savile. Very cool. <laughs> no, I wasn't that kind of priest. <laughs> well, is there another kind? Oh, I'm only joking. Alright, <laughs> no, I don't know. Uh, a priest again, I guess. What be yourself, Greg? I'm not going to resent because I hate Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> Scary enough, I've not. Hey, Laurie, what are you dressing up as? Um, <laughs> someone who doesn't support arts, so I don't have to endure seeing Rudy Scatchel. Like, I'm not going to dress up. How old is he? You are boring. Did you not see Bundy on the forum? He was dressed as Desperate Dan. That was brilliant. Could have just dressed as Ted. Ted? With the bear? No, he's sick. Oh, just... Who are you going to be dressing up as? I'm going to be dressed up as a Scottish football fan watching Dunny United vs Hearts. (laughs) You are all boring. I'm going to dress up as a priest watching the football, right? What are you going to... You're going to dress up and stay in? (laughs) (laughs) Is that in case anybody comes to the door, wasn't they, sweetie? That's one of the reasons I want to go to cinema, because... Oh, you are all boring. You've got kind a tempo, though. You get all excited. I've, I've, I've got a cat. What's this? You've got to dress up. Dress up as a witch. I've, I've got dressed two, a cat up. I've got two kids and I'm not excited. Ah, but you're Greg. I'm putting the lights up. <laughs> you're not meant to. Shutting the doors. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right, well, thanks for coming on tonight, the three years. And thanks for listening, if anyone's still listening. Unlikely. If you made it as far, congratulations. Aye. You've just won. No. Nothing. <laughs> you can put my bins out for me because I've got to do that. <laughs> <laughs> right. So thanks then. And I'll, I'll see you next week. Aye.
right. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Cheers. Bye. One, two, three o'clock, four o'clock, rock. Five, six, seven o'clock, eight o'clock, rock. Nine, ten, eleven o'clock, twelve o'clock, rock. We're gonna rock around the clock tonight. What you your bad bags on?